Today, I want to talk about a major issue facing the church, disunity. We have a tendency to divide ourselves and to focus on the small areas where we disagree, rather than coming together and focusing on the major areas where we have shared beliefs and a shared purpose. Let's see what scripture has to say. Paul wrote to Corinthians, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in mind and thought. This is the call for us to be united in mind, in strength, in purpose, for us to come together to serve God to expand his kingdom, and to make disciples of all nations. So I want to go through five uh, tips, five areas where we can focus on how to be united rather than divided. So the first is love. This should be one of the primary characteristics that define our life. We should do everything from the lens of love. How do we love our brothers and sisters in Christ? And how do we love those who are not followers of Christ? How do we love those around us in the world? Even Jesus said in John 13, love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The, unfortunately, so many churches don't have love as what the, the people see when they look in. Is that When people look at your church, do they see love? When people look at your life, do they easily see how much you love those around you? We are called to love everyone in Christ. The second aspect is that Christianity has no room for bigotry, racism, or any other form of prejudice. Regardless of our background, our ethnicity, uh, any other beliefs, even uh, ethnicity, skin tone, there should be absolutely nothing that divides us when we are followers of Christ. Paul wrote to the Galatians, In Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So nothing about our background, our anything else should separate us. We need to be united because we are all one in Christ. We need to be one in mind one in body, and one in spirit. Uh, there are many passages of scripture about this. Let's look at what Paul said in Philippians. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. We all need to be together. Even in spite of some of our differences and everything else, we need to be united in Christ. And maybe the, the most famous passage of scripture regarding being one is in Ephesians chapter 4. Paul says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your Lord, uh, your, your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. 
He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature adulthood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, uh, tossed to and fro in the waves, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We all have different callings, uh, teachers, evangelists, prophets, but we all have uh, just similarly to the body, like the hand, the eye, the feet, we all, every part of your body has a different purpose. So it's the same with the body of Christ. We all have a unique purpose, a unique calling. And when we all work together in unity is when the body of Christ functions properly. Now, because we all have unique callings, that can sometimes lead to disagreements. And that's the fourth point. It's okay to disagree about some things. So there are some areas in our faith where there's absolutely no room for disagreement. These are the essentials. This is just a partial list, but uh, the deity and resurrection of Jesus, the authority of scripture, our need for repentance and forgiveness, the fact that God is our creator, the reality of both heaven and hell, and the reality of miracles. These are areas where we need to stand firm, where we need to have no compromise. These are the essentials of the faith. And so if anyone doesn't believe these things, then they are not Christians. It's not possible to be a Bible-believing follower of Jesus and to disagree with these facts, maybe among some others. But there are many other aspects of our life where there's personal preference and even where there's disagreement about doctrine. Some things such as uh, what percentage of the Bible should be taken literally versus uh, metaphorically uh, or analogically, uh, maybe even what what part, uh, well, how much of the Old Testament applies to believers today. These are some important areas where we have legitimate disagreement. Uh, even important things like how how we should spend our money, how we should spend our time. Maybe what are the absolute top priorities of our faith? Uh, but th these are areas where we it's okay. To disagree, but we still need to be united under the big picture, the big purposes, the big callings of God. So Paul uh, faced some of this in Romans chapter 14. So there were some people in that area, uh, there, there were people from other backgrounds who would actually sacrifice meat and animals to their pagan gods. And then some Christians would go and buy that meat and eat it. And some of the other Christians thought that was appalling. And so there was a big fight over wh whether or not you should eat this meat that was sacrificed to other gods. Or even some people said you should be complete vegetarians. And they also disagreed about what day should be considered holy. In the Jewish tradition, it was Saturday was the Sabbath, but most uh, Christians uh, worshipped on Sunday because that was the day when Jesus was resurrected. So 
There was just some basic disagreements in this church. And Paul wrote to them and said that you need to be united. You need to, it's, it's okay to have disagreement, to, but you shouldn't condemn one another for believing differently. And you shouldn't uh, force someone to do something the way that you think is right. Let's see what Paul says. He says, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. So when it comes to these small disagreements, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. So a good saying uh, is that sometimes we care more about being right then we care about being united. So whether this is preferences or small beliefs, sometimes we just want things done our way and we view our way as the only correct way to do things. And so we, we, we just think less uh, and force people to do things the way we want. But ultimately we're called much more to be united than to have our way especially on these relatively small things. So just one more passage of scripture. Paul also wrote, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. This is for believers. This is for non-believers. If possible, as long as it's according to us, live peaceably with all. All. So that brings me to the, the fifth uh, thing I want to discuss, and that's that we need to forgive easily. We're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes, and, and including those, everyone around us is going to make mistakes, but we need to forgive easily. One of my favorite passages of scripture is in Colossians, where Paul says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive each other. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts. So when other people offend us, just remember all the things that God has forgiven us and use that to give us proper perspective so that we can forgive the small things that people have done to us. So we need to forgive those. We need to not be bitter. We need to not be resentful, not think less of others, but to forgive anyone who offends us. So let's just quickly look through all five again. So we need to focus on love. There needs to be absolutely no prejudice. We need to be one in body, mind, and spirit. It's okay to disagree. And even when we have disagreements with people and when people offend us, we need to forgive easily. So I think the best example of living in unity comes from the Bible. It's the early church in uh, Acts chapter 2. Shortly after the day of Pentecost, when the church was just formed, the Bible tells us how they lived. And I think it's the perfect, um, the, the perfect example for what unity in the body of Christ should be. So it, the Bible says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, 
Attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So they did everything in their life together. They worshiped together, studied, prayed, ate, and shared all their things, all their possessions. Uh, this is the, the perfect picture of what the church should look like when we are truly in unity. So if you like this video, I'd love to hear from you. Please drop a comment, send me a message, let me know what you thought. And uh, if you like this and if you'd like to hear more about how to put your faith into practice, I hope you'll like, follow, and subscribe to this channel. God bless.